if there's one question that I get more than anything this offseason, well, hold on, no, after the offensive line, if there's one question I've gotten more from Penn State football fans than anything else, it's, okay, what's Manny Diaz bringing to the table? What is his defense like? What are the differences between him and Brent Pry? So today, that's what I'm focusing on. Uh, if you're watching this when the BWI Daily Edition comes out, this is the Wednesday show. If you're watching it on Wednesday, today I wrote over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com an in-depth look at the biggest difference between the two defensive coordinators from a structural standpoint. And I show you the evolution over time of how they were similar previously and Manny Diaz diverted into something different, uh, especially last season. So BlueWhiteIllustrated.com always, 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 always Want to let you know, you can sign up for just a dollar to get all this inside information, all of the premium content. This article, premium content, sign up for just a dollar, 12 months of access to get all of the premium content. And we're heading into spring, so more evaluations, more observations from me, all of that bluewhiteillustrated.com for just a dollar. So... What we're doing here today on the Daily Edition is we're going to take a look at, I think, some of the secondary differences between the two defensive coordinators that can be massaged through just calling a different defense. These aren't structural differences. These are stylistic differences. And the way I explained it in the article is, by the way, my wife and I have been watching, like, binge-watching The Great British Baking Show, which, thoroughly delightful. I've never watched any of these cooking shows, like, a lot before, but this was great. And I have seen some cooking shows. So the, the, the example here is on those cooking shows, a defensive coordinator is a lot like the chef that's preparing the meal. They're given a set of ingredients and then a prompt from the judges. Make this dish the way we want it, but with your own signature flair. That's kind of what a, a defensive coordinator does. They have the ingredients or the players that they have on the roster and then the head coach says, this is what I'd like you to do. So that, I think, is where we're going to take a look at some of these differences where Penn State and James Franklin, it's a very important conversation that we are not privy to of what was that prompt like? Was it, Manny, come in and do what you want? Do what you do. Be the defensive coordinator. Or was it, we want X, Y, and Z? Now, historically, we know two things from James Franklin. Limit explosive plays. Keep a lid on the offense. Get turnovers. Those are the two biggest things from James Franklin that he wants. There's some other things in there that he believes, but those are the things. Limit explosive plays. Get turnovers. And that's one of the reasons Manny Diaz is in Happy Valley, is he's similar in the way he runs his defense to what Brent Pry did, and he does those things. But if there's one di one difference that I think is is the biggest, and this is probably number two to what we wrote about what I wrote about earlier today at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com, it's the difference between man coverage and zone coverage in these two teams. Now, this is over the last three seasons, and it's not a perfect one for one because this is just the top uh, coverage player each year on each team and how much they ran man coverage, these numbers from PFF. So these are not team percentages. These are individual player percentages, but they're representative of that. And you can see Miami, 41%, 41%, 38 in man coverage, and Penn State in the high 20s for the most part, but dipped down in the low 20s at certain points when it comes to the time and the amount of percentage of reps they spend in man coverage. So that's a big difference. 
and man coverage versus zone coverage. Brent Pry at Penn State, very much more of a cover three system, playing zone coverage, flooding the underneath zones, and then trying to stop the run in a couple of different ways. So that's the, the biggest thing. Is, is that percentage. And that becomes, what does James Franklin want? How does he want that to run? The other difference is it's not just man coverage from Manny Diaz. A lot of press man coverage. In your face, at the line of scrimmage, even on run plays, we're going to mix it up at the line of scrimmage and we're going to make this a mano a mano game out on the outside from uh, the corners, especially. So, when you're in press man coverage... There's only so many different things you can do. And we'll get to that in one second. But one of the things that it really limits is the amount you can disguise your coverage. You're, you're declaring this is man coverage. I don't care if you know or not. I'm gonna, we're, we're going to play this way. One of the things that does is it typically, and this is kind of a gross generalization, it defines the safety position and their roles more traditionally and more clearly. So there's a free safety that stays in the middle of the field and is there to clean up any mistakes. And then there's a strong safety that plays in the box. The benefit of this is extra bodies in the run game and you have more guys underneath in zone coverage, making it so the only thing you can do is throw the risky pass down the field. That's, in a nutshell, man coverage and, and playing in that way. Now, you can get a similar effect from some zone coverages, but traditionally that's the man coverage thing. Brent Pry has not done that. One of the benefits of zone coverage is confusing the quarterback. The safeties determine what you're looking at. So you have two safeties, for the most part, on every play. And where they line up, pre- and post-snap, determines what the defense is doing. So the quarterback reads it pre-snap, he reads it post-snap to make sure it's the same thing. Brent Pry would move those guys around and make it harder for the quarterback to understand. I thought it was a strength of the defense as long as Penn State had players that had interchangeable skills that could do a little bit of everything at that position. So, in general, Penn State is a little more ambiguous with what those safeties are doing. A little more defined, a little more clear from Brent Pry, or excuse me, from Manny Diaz. And when you're doing all of these things and you've got these pretty clear, defined roles, you're playing man coverage, there's only so many things you can do with linebackers and the safety that's in the box, and one of them is to blitz. So... While Brent Pry, I think, was aggressive, the way he was aggressive is very different. So this is just from last season, and, and, and I'll tell you why we're looking at just last season when it comes to blitz percentage from the top players on each team. You can see Brandon Smith, Curtis Jacobs, and Ellis Brooks, the top three blitzers for Penn State, all in the 20s-ish, high teens to 20. Miami, their middle linebacker, Corey Flagg, I think he's his, the middle linebacker, he blitz almost 30% of the time. The other guys on their roster all in the 20s, so to where Penn State's highest percentage blitzer was. Also, they blitzed their safeties a lot more than Brent Pry, you know, in the 10s and 15% of the time. So big difference there when it comes to the type of blitzing and the type of aggressiveness between the two programs. I think that's pretty important to note as well. But the reason we're looking at just last season is because Miami's defense last year is pretty comparable to Penn State's this year. They don't have any superstar pass rushers. Last season, Miami didn't have any superstar pass rushers. So if you have to manufacture blitzing and you have to manufacture pressure, this is what Manny Diaz does in order to get that. Now, there's a couple of different ways. I'm going to explain one thing I saw on film last season when I was watching uh, Miami play Michigan State. 
if you are in man coverage, going back to the whole uh, premise of, of Brent Pry versus Manny Diaz, if the football can be a logic problem at times, there are certain situations where you say, if this happens, then I do this. So let me give you an example. If Michigan State leaves their running back and tight end to block, then the guys in man coverage blitz. So it may seem like uh, a team is being hyper-aggressive and throwing seven at the quarterback on every play, but really what they're doing is mirroring the offense. It's not a called blitz. It is, it's what's called a green dog blitz. It's a read where you go, okay, my guy, rather than just hanging out here doing nothing in coverage, I'm going to blitz and see if I can get to the quarterback. Um, now that leads to, especially in that game, oh no, it's a screen, and then there's 30 yards of running room. So there are downsides to this. you got to have guys that blitz but be aware of what their assignment is, which is really the guy. So that's one way you can manufacture blitzing. You can manufacture some aggressiveness. Brent Pry was much more, again, in zone coverage, a zone blitzer, dropping a defensive end on the backside of a blitz. Uh, even a defensive tackle where you're trying to gum up the middle of the field because you know you're putting pressure on the quarterback, doing more of those things. So that's the main difference between how they blitzed and will be interesting to see if that's a big part of what Manny Diaz does and if that's something that Penn State wants next season. Another layer on top of that would be what are called stunts or line games where you've got two guys lined up on the defensive line, and everyone has a gap they're assigned to. If you've got my, this gap, but I'm going to stunt and or twist and go around the pocket to the edge, the other guy comes in, you're trying to get somebody free because the, def, the offensive line makes a mistake. Penn State did that quite a bit. So when you look at that, pretty similar. What Manny Diaz did on top of that is blitz. So all-out chaos for the offensive line. Trying to get free rushers, trying to get guys to the quarterback to just get a sack or a hurry or something because the offensive line doesn't know there's just chaos and bodies flying around. Again, what that can lead to is missed assignments. You overshoot your gap, and there's a wide-open running lane for the quarterback. So another risk-reward thing for Manny Diaz that if James Franklin doesn't like that stuff, wants to keep explosive plays to a minimum, We'll see how that manifests. I think that that's something that they're not going to get rid of. I think it's a big part of what Manny Diaz does. So it's just the percentage of times that he does that and how much is he leaning into zone coverage versus man coverage like we went back and talked about from the very beginning. So those are some important differences between the two. And the last one that's kind of a note that you might see if you go back and watch film on Miami is that early in his career, there's a lot of three down fronts for Manny Diaz, especially at Miami. That's changed over time. So if you look at kind of the, the broad perspective of does he use more variation in fronts and three down versus four down and odd looks that uh, are not in the traditional four down defensive lineman? Yes, but not last year. Definitely not last year. So some context to all of that that I would say between the two, Manny Diaz has evolved his defense more over the last five years of when I went back in the article specifically to look back from 2016 to 2021. Some big differences. And again, check out the article. I'll put the link in the description of this video so you can go see that. And of course, the link to sign up is also in the in the video description down below. So bluewhiteillustrated.com and of course, Subscribe here to Blue White Illustrated. That's going to do it today for the BWI Daily, taking a very specific 
look at Manny Diaz today in the Penn State defense and what to expect for spring football, which is coming up on Monday. We'll have some coverage, uh, expansive coverage, I should say, of Penn State's uh, opening press conference for spring practice. You'll have that video up here at bluewhiteillustrated.com. We'll also have some feature content live on location because we're going back live on location. Some great news there. And of course, we'll have a live show on Monday. But right now, that will not be at its traditional time of noon because that's when James Franklin is speaking. So some housekeeping news for people that watch the show regularly. And if you're watching for the first time, join us on Monday. There's going to be a lot to talk about, a lot of exciting things from Penn State football, a new era on defense for the Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Don't forget, coming up later this week, we have our mailbag edition. Check out at Thomas Frank Carr to get your question in for tomorrow's show. We'll talk to you then.